0: turn with me to Luke chapter number 7 Luke chapter number 7 I, I feel I feel a breeze from another land <laughs> Amen Amen how appropriate How appropriate I I I uh had an awesome awesome Mother's Day outline that God will not let me use Amen So I gave it to Dr. Brown and he's preaching it this morning Amen uh, he called last night and said, do you have anything? I said, it just so happens that I do. Amen. God gave it to me for some reason. Amen. But I, I have been burdened and God has been uh, really impressing on my heart to, to share and talk about the subject of true worship. True, what, what is what is real worship? What, what does it mean to worship? Not, not what you have seen growing up. Maybe, maybe not necessarily what your, your, your family heritage is or, or, or family tradition is. Everybody, everybody thinks they have an understanding about what true worship is. And, and worship is when uh, so-and-so sings this song and so-and-so says this prayer and then the preacher will give an outline and then we'll give an invitation going, that's worship. Now, honey, that's not worship. That's an outline of a service, but that's not true worship. And, and Bible College, Dr. Brown told us this, fellas, when you go to church, you go to worship. If you get to preach, that's hey, amen, that's wonderful, but you go for the purpose of worshiping God. True, true worship. You know, the Bible says in Luke 7, verse number uh, 36, if you're there, say Amen. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Do you remember the day that you was a sinner? (laughs) When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Always remember this. In every worship service, there's always going to be a critic. Amen. There in all of them. I don't, I don't care where you at, whether it's in Jesus' presence or not, you're going to have somebody who's got something to say. And listen, if you got something to say, you're outnumbered this morning, I'd keep my mouth shut. Amen. Amen. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee, to all you critics. He said, Master, say on. There was a creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave both of them. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answering, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. He said, don't you like it when a critic gets called down? Well, I suppose, you know, I suppose. He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, which was just a hospitable thing to do in that society. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Let me say this, she did not come do this to have her sins forgiven. She came and did this because her sins were already forgiven. He is explaining what true worship is and why she was worshiping in the manner, in the form that she was worshiping in. Said, this woman who had many sins and many, many things on her reputation, they are forgiven, and that's why she's coming and loving like she is. He said, and they sat at meat, they that sat at meat began to say with themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he saith to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Do you see that? Thy faith hath saved thee. Not your worship, but your, your faith hath saved thee. What you did on that street when you heard me say, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what saved you. Church, say amen. Amen. Father, give us your presence this morning. More than anything, oh God, let us feel your presence and your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I need everybody to get your seatbelt and click it and tick it. Say amen. I'm going to mess with some of your theology today. I'm going to mess with some of your thinking I, 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 you, you're, you're going to leave here thinking, "Hmm." I, I, I want you to understand something. There, there, there is a story within a story in this story. Amen. I was reading and I was studying this and I I, man, I, I can't help but think about uh, this, this woman who came to Jesus and, in such an unprideful way. She didn't care what anybody thought. She didn't care what anybody would say. She came to Jesus because of what Jesus had done for her. And I want to spend the next three weeks, not just today but next Sunday and the following Sunday, on talking about the subject of the anatomy of worship. What is worship all about you say well i worship like this or i worship like that Uh, well that's that's fine and dandy but if your worship that you're doing is not what the bible says to do you need to get rid of what you're doing and start doing what the bible says to do because i don't care what uncle henry did i don't care what mamaw did i don't care what what those in the past did if it's not biblical we need to line up with god's word And the first thing that I see in this particular story, we're going to talk about three things the next three weeks. We're going to talk about our agenda in worship. Say that with me. Our agenda in worship. Then we're going to talk about our attitude in worship. How many of y'all realize attitude determines everything? It's been said attitude determines altitude. And I, I, I believe that with all of my heart. Your attitude that you have when you walk into this building will greatly determine how you leave this building. Some of you got an attitude problem and you need to God to do a Holy Ghost attitude adjustment in your life before you ever think you're going to get anything from God. The attitude in our worship, but then the activity in our worship. What, what should we be doing? What should we, how should we be worshiping Him to get a response from the Lord that we need? Today, our agenda in worship. Do you realize everybody that came into this building this morning came in with an agenda? Everybody has an agenda. What is an agenda? It's a plan. It's what you intend to do. Some came with the agenda of singing. Some came with the agenda of playing an instrument. Some came with an agenda, well, i got to go and i got to work the parking lot. I've got I've got I, I came with the agenda. I've got to be the greeter. I've got to work knobs on a sound, sound booth. And, and, and we all have an agenda. We all have some. Some came to see what Bertha was wearing. Is there any Berthas in the house? Some came to see what the preacher was driving. Some came to see what, 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 what family was going to be here, or what family was going, or what, was, what new song was going. Are they going to sing my song this morning? Everybody has an agenda. When you woke up this morning, you left, you left your house with an agenda when you came to the house of God. Now, let's see if our agenda lines up with what it should be. Let's see if our agenda lines up with this woman who came to Jesus and, and worshipped Him. I, 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 wanna, I want you to know this. Before we can go any further, you need to understand something. That before you can worship the Lord, you have to know Him as your Savior. Amen. Because the Bible says God is seeking those that, to worship him. I mean, he's looking for people to worship. He's not looking for people to have church. He's not looking for people to play church. He's looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you get too much spirit, you go into fanaticism. If you get too much truth, you'll go into a coma. I need a witness. I don't want just Bible knowledge and I don't want just Bible verses. I want somebody to have the power of God and the spirit of God on them and tell me something I need to hear. He said I'm seeking those to worship me in spirit and in truth. And if you're going to worship in spirit and in truth, you've got to have the spirit in your heart. You've got to know him as your personal savior. You can sing what you want to sing. You can pray what you want to pray, but it doesn't matter till you know him as your savior. Till you know him as your father in heaven. He's everybody's God, but he's not everybody's father. You need to be adopted into the family of God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I need a witness in Morning. And oh, if you ever come to know Him, if you ever learn who He is and get saved and trust in Him, come to Him to have your sins forgiven, you can come to His feet and worship at His feet and get what you need. I need a witness. You got to worship in spirit and in truth. You got to know Him. You got to be saved. That's the problem with most people. They go into dead churches because there's a bunch of dead people in them dead churches. You who were dead in your trespasses and in sins. I like lively music. I like lively preaching. I like lively people. I don't want to go anywhere where it's dead and dried up. Why? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I came that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. I want to be where it's happening. I want to be where Jesus is. Listen, I want you to understand something. Worship it's all about him and not about us. This woman had an agenda. Two things this morning. Two things. Her agenda was this. Her agenda was this. And if you, you get a bulletin, it should be in your, in your bulletin. How many of y'all like that? Y'all want me to keep doing that? Does that help out? Amen. Thank God for spell checks. Amen. What was her agenda? First thing, number one. I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. It wasn't, I've got to go see what the songs are going to be. I got to go see what the schedule is going to be. We're so guilty, us ministers, we do. We'll run around like a chicken with a head cut off wanting to make sure this is right. And all of that needs to be done. I'm not, I, I'm not disregarding none of that stuff because we need to know where we're going to be. It's just like today. We're changing up our our, our, our schedule of service to, to to do it a little different than we've been doing. It. And I was all out of whack. I was coming to pray to dismiss when we was coming to do the, the first time attenders. Amen? So you need some schedule. You need some organization like that. But when it's all about that and not about him, we've totally missed the boat we've totally missed it listen she said this when she heard that Jesus was there in Pharisees house listen when she was there and saw that he was at Simon's house she said I have got to get to Jesus he has done something for me that no man could ever do I've lived a life full of sin and debauchery but he saved me he forgave me he changed me I've got to get to Jesus if there's anything I need to do I need to get to Jesus And worship is about getting to Jesus. Worship is about getting in his presence. It's not about going through a routine of songs or a routine of prayers or a routine of ministries. It's about getting to Jesus. Every time you saw Mary, she was at the feet of Jesus. Every time you see people that are worshiping, they're worshiping in his presence. You cannot worship until you get into his presence. And I like going to a church where you can feel something. I felt him moving up and down the aisles already today. Listen, we got to get to Jesus. I don't care who sings as long as we get to Jesus. I don't care who prays as long as we get to Jesus. I don't care what song or what style is sung as long as we get to Jesus. I've heard contemporary songs that brought me to Jesus. I've heard old-time gospel songs that brought me to Jesus. I've sung Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. I've sung a Revelation song and they got me to Jesus. But most importantly, they got me to Jesus. Style is irrelevant. Preference is irrelevant as long as it gets you to Jesus. It's not about being entertained. It's not having a feel-good song. It's about, did that song bring you to the presence of Jesus? Did that song get you to the place that you said, what a God? Not what a song or what a singer, but what a God. She said, I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. Worship is about getting in his presence. I want you to look at this. Write this down. Hey, I want you to see the importance of his presence. Why is it so important? Why is it so important that we have a church that gets in his presence? Why is it so important that, that, that we, we have a worship service that gets in his presence? Moses said this. When it came time to go through the wilderness and, and, and to get to the promised land, he said, oh, God. He, God said, I tell you what, because them people are the way they are, you go ahead and up and I'm, I'm not going. Moses said, oh, God, don't send me without you. Oh, God, don't send me without you. If, if you, listen, I don't want to go if you don't go with me. David said this in his repentance prayer. David said this when Nathan confronted him and he began to make things right with God. He said, oh God, take not thy presence from me. Take not thy spirit from me. Please don't cast me out of thy presence. David knew something about being in the presence of God. I want to read a verse. The Bible says... Psalms 27, verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Oh, there was something about the temple There was something about the tabernacle where Jesus was. The queen of Sheba came to Solomon and she said, I've heard all about you. Solomon said, let me show you around. And he began to show her the palace. He began to show her the city. He began to show her everything that he had under his leadership. But the Bible says when he took her to the temple, when he seen the place where the Shekinah glory of God dwelt, the Bible said it took her breath away. She said the half has not been told. Oh, they tried to describe it they tried to explain it but nobody could explain the presence of God she had seen tabernacles before she had seen temples before she had seen false gods in places where they worshipped before but she had never seen a temple with a cloud in it she had never seen a temple with a presence of God in it and when she fell into that place she said oh the half has not been told you may have gone to church your whole life you may have experienced church your whole life, but you've never experienced worship till you get into His presence. You've never experienced real worship until you've felt the presence of God touch your life and change you forever. Amen. If you leave the same way you come, you didn't get in His presence. Amen. Say amen. amen. Listen. Say, how do you know? The Bible says, Psalm 1611, Thou wilt show me The path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. Church, we got to get to Jesus. Did you come this morning to get to Jesus? Or did you come because it was Sunday? Did you come because on Sunday Christians are supposed to go to church and if you don't go to church people are going to talk about you? Or did you wake up this morning and say, oh, I hope we feel him today. Oh, I hope the God of the house is in his house. I'm going to the Lord's house and I hope he's home. Did you come to get to Jesus? The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years done spent all that she had the Bible says she was pressing through the crowd and all she cared about is if I could just get to Jesus. Wow. Yeah. The song says if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Did you come to get to Jesus? Did you come to feel his presence? Did you come to sing to him? Did you come to tell him how much you loved him? Did you come to tell him what you think about him? All oh, whole worship is about getting to Jesus. The importance of his presence then be. Don't you see this? The involvement of our pressing. Our pressing. Dave, the old timers called it let's press through. When they would get down in prayer. When they would get down in prayer, they would come and and son of the devil would be trying to hinder prayer, and they'd say, Let's press through. Let's press through. Let's don't stop praying until we feel him. Let's don't stop praying until we touch him. Don't don't stop praying until we feel his presence. I say let's press through. This woman with that issue of blood, the Bible says there was a crowd thronging Jesus. But she knew she had an issue and she knew she had a problem, but she knew there was somebody who could do something about her need. And even with the great crowd around him, she did not let anything hold her back. She was pushing people to the side. She was going under one and over one and around one. She was pressing through till she got to him. You know, sometimes on Sunday we got to press through, don't we? Because the devil's going to put so many distractions in front of us, he's going to put so many problems in front of us, he's going to let the sound system mess up. He's going to let you have a flat tire. He's going to let the dog bite you. Amen. He's going to let the kids act retarded. Say amen. Everything in the world, it never happens till Sunday. Nothing happens till Sunday. But you know what you need to do? When your wife, when you get up grumpy. Wife, you go to church anyhow. Ooh, I'm pressing through. (laughs) Listen, sometimes, y'all know, don't look at me like that. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You never spill coffee on you until you get it at Jack's on the way to church. Say amen. Everything in the world will happen to try to keep you from getting to Jesus you know why? Because the devil knows if you get to him, things will be different. If you get to him, your life will never be the same. If you get to him, son things will start picking up and he will lose the battle and you will get the victory. Amen. Right. And we gotta learn to press through. It ain't all it's a matter of fact, you need to expect crazy stuff to happen on Sunday. You need to expect it to break down on Sunday. You just need to step over that problem saying, I'm getting to Jesus. I'm not going to let anything stop me or say, I got to get to Jesus. I'm pressing through. I'm getting it till I get to Jesus. The involvement of our pressing. If you come in here and sit like a knot on a log, don't expect to get to him. Do you realize Jesus passed thousands of people in his day of ministry that sat there and watched everybody else get to Jesus. They sat and watched everybody else get their miracle. They sat and watched everybody else get their blessing. They sat while everybody else found a touch from God. They sat while everybody else got something from God that they really needed, but they wasn't willing to get involved to change their situation. I'm feeling stuff from God this morning. Y'all better listen to me. This ain't in the notes. They sat there while everybody else got what they needed because they wasn't willing to get involved to get to Jesus. They were satisfied to sit down and spectate. They were satisfied to watch everybody else get their blessing. Well, I'm telling you what, ain't nobody going to get a blessing without me getting a blessing because I want to get a blessing. I'm going to get involved. I want everything that God has for me. If it's free, it's for me. Listen, when I go to the grocery store, all them free stuff, I get every one of them. Amen. It's legal. Get it. Get involved. Don't say, no, thank you. No, thank you. That's what you do when you come to church. Say, yes, I want one. Amen. I want to be involved. How do I press, preacher? Let's first start by praying. Did you pray before you got here? How many times you leave? How many times you leave saying, well, I didn't get nothing out of that. And then remember that you didn't put nothing in it. Right. Right. The father was leaving church services and so telling the wife said, well, I tell you, that's one of the poorest sermons I've ever heard. And the son said, well, dad, what do you expect for $2? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh. It's amazing how we can complain about stuff that we don't put nothing in. Yeah, People putting hours and hours. Right. I'm just going to miss, I'm just going miss, listen, I'm going to use as illustration. Nobody sees all that time upstairs that y'all put in there. Right. Nobody sees all the hours and hours and hours up there where they're working and trying and trying and practicing and going and going. All they see is one little misstep about this much. Yeah. Right. You know why they'll complain? Because they didn't work up there. But if they ever put the time and the effort and the prayer and the sleep, listen, and, 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 and the tears and everything, it don't matter what it looks like up here, it'll be good. Amen. How much prayer did you put in this morning? How much time did you spend with God and say, God, anoint the preacher? God, the preacher is weak. His flesh is weak, but his spirit is willing. God, he's, he, he, listen, he's not much, but he's the best we got. Did you ask God to touch the music? Did you ask God to touch the people that are working in the parking lot and the greeters and everybody that makes this thing happen? Did you talk to God a little bit for us this morning, or did you just come to get something? Well, won't we start pressing through? Won't we start say, "Oh God"? I, I ain't going to get too deep right here because y- y'all we got the point. don't we got the point? Amen. Paul and Silas beaten down. Some of us don't want to worship till we get something right. We don't want to worship till we get that raise at work. We don't want to worship till, till something comes in that we can worship for please. Yeah. Bible says Paul and Silas was beaten. Many stripes laid across their back. They were thrown in the bottom of the prison, thrown in the dungeon part. And the Bible says they waited till midnight. They waited till everybody calmed down. <laughs> and the Bible said they begin to pray and sing praises. Yeah. They begin to praise God, oh God, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine, all to him I now resign, I have been redeemed, through many dangers, tolls and snares, I have already come, are y'all with me? It's grace that's brought me here thus far. and It'll be grace that leads me home. I believe they started singing and praising God and shouting for what God had done for them. They had no reason on the outside fleshly to praise or shout. Listen, they was going to shout and bring the victory down. They didn't have the victory in their body, but when they began to praise God, God got so excited about it, he got to jumping up and down in heaven and it caused an earthquake on earth. There was jailhouse rock way before Elvis. God responded yeah. to their praise. All right. All right. Jehoshaphat was facing an, just an uh, unbeatable situation. So said, what in the world are we going to do? That army's so big, we ain't going to be able to win. What are we going to do? God says, send a choir out there. The what? <laughs> yes, sir. Right. Send a choir out there. Well, they sang the musicians and put them on out there in the front can you imagine the tuba player you mean the The front lines now come on but the bible says when they begin to play those instruments they begin to praise God and glorify and magnify who he is the bible says God sent ambushments into that enemy camp and destroyed all of them Richard what are you saying it might not be that you need the army of God. You might just need to get in a choir. Amen. I don't know why God won't do nothing for me. What have you done for him? Amen. Maybe you just need to get a song right. and sing a song. Amen. I got in my office this morning. I, I was listening to, a, I was listening to a, a Bible college singing, and they, they sang that song, He Came to Me. He came looking for me. Amen. Oh, have mercy. I had a hallelujah fit right in my office. I'm telling you, y'all thought I'd lost my mind, and I believe I did for a little while. But I was praising him. He's so worthy. How much involved have you been into worship lately? Worship is not a spectator sport. You did not come to watch somebody else. You came to get involved for what God has done for you. I'm telling you, I'm burdened for our church. Oh, our church is doing great. No, it's not. We need to get more involved in worship. We need to come in here and be willing to forget our pride. Pride. I said pride. I, yeah, I said it. Let me say it again. Pride is keeping y'all from raising your hand. Well, I don't worship that way. Well, that's what the Bible says to do. I got verses. Well, that's just not how I do it. Let me get you a Bible. You say, you say well, if, if, if you remember what I said, we're not going to see how Uncle Henry done it. And we're not going to see how Mamma done it. Let's look at how David done it. You may, you may just really mess your, mess your banana pudding up today. The Bible said David danced before the Lord. I know one thing I was born the wrong color. Because, see, I went and I went preached in an all-black church, and they loved me. Amen. And I loved them. And they let me dance before the Lord. Amen. Y'all have a fit. Y'all throw me out. But the Bible says David danced before the Lord. And the only one that had a problem with it was a backslidden wife. And let me, let me just, a little, little nugget of information. She criticized him. And from that point on, she never, ever had a child. She never reproduced. Let me tell you something. A church that criticizes worship will never reproduce. Said, you just showed yourself today. He said, you think that was something? Wait till you see what I'm fixing to do. I just love David. Well, I don't tell you, I don't like all that stuff. Well, the Bible says David was a man after. Be careful how you criticize his worship. David said, I will lift up my voice. But you know what? Pride will keep us in our seat. Pride will keep your mouth shut. Pride will keep you from getting a blessing. Well, how do you know pride... How about this woman? Everybody knew her reputation. Everybody knew who she was. Listen, she was not dignified whatsoever. Thank God. Listen, she came up behind him. She came up behind him, and that day they reclined. They reclined while they were eating. They were eating kind of similar to this right here, and she came up behind him, and the Bible says, when she got into his presence... When she got into his presence, she began to weep uncontrollably. Her tears began to hit his feet. She got down with her hair and began to, what? There was no pride involved. She began to take his feet and kiss his feet. She was so proud to be in his presence. She was so glad that she found his forgiveness. And she was so happy to be with him. It didn't matter who was in the room. When you come to worship this morning, you need to come as an audience of one. You don't care who's sitting in the pew beside you. You don't care who's sitting in the pew behind you. I don't care who saw my car in the parking lot. Bless God. It's all about him. Give him praise and glory in his house. Let us come before his presence. Psalms 95 two. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Psalms 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Her agenda, I got to get to Jesus. And don't worry, y'all only got two points. Amen. I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. If I can just get to him. The Bible says, listen, in verse number, verse number 30, 37, and verse 36, she said, when she heard him, he was at the Pharisee's house. He said, Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meeting the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment. She came to get to Jesus. But then, here's what real worship is. Here's what real worship is. And I, I need your divine attention. Divine, undivided attention. Amen. There's divine, there's divinity in here somewhere. Amen. God's with us. She came to give to Jesus. Worship is not about getting. Even though you get in worship. But you don't come to get. You come to give. Let me let me read this. Let me read this. I, I seen this and I thought. Whew. 17th century Puritan wrote this. Y'all with me? And by the way, when when, when we dismiss the invitation, it's over. Amen. We've moved the announcement, so it's when it's prayer time, it's over. I need a witness right there. So don't flip out and think we're going to be here all day after the invitation. When we're praying and it's done, it's done. Amen. A 17th century Puritan wrote, When we believe that we should be satisfied rather than God glorified in our worship, then we put God below ourselves as though He had been made for us rather than that we had been made for Him. Did y'all catch that? When we come to this place and we feel like us being satisfied in worship is more important than Him being glorified, we have put ourselves on the throne and not Him. Revelation 4, 11, for thou art worthy, for thou hast created all things and all things were created for thy pleasure, they are and were created. Let me ask you a question, how much pleasure did God get out of your worship today? How much pleasure did God get out of what you brought to him today? I'm not getting to hear what I want to hear. When has it been about you? Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you what. No, don't do that. I'm gonna give that preacher a piece of my mind. You don't have enough left. Keep it. Listen. I, I've been studying this stuff and it's been tearing me up. How many times have I come into this building seeing what I could get out of it? And that was my agenda. It's not bad to get something. I want to get something and I'm going to get something. I've already got something right. when he shows up. But that should not be my agenda. Worship is about, what did the Bible say The three kings brought to Jesus? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought something to him. But son, what they had when they left. Are y'all with me? The agenda in our worship it should be to give to Jesus. What? What should we give? A gift that was precious. She brought something so costly and so precious to her. Matter of fact, Brother Donnie, I would, I, would dare, I would dare to say it was probably the most precious thing she owned. you all with me? The most precious thing she owned. It's amazing to me. When we really want to bless somebody and honor somebody, we don't give them a leftover. We don't give them an old raggedy shirt that we don't wear no more. I remember my dad had a yellow suit, not a yellow suit, a yellow coat. Yellow. Y'all with me? Now I ain't talking about I ain't talking about Easter yellow. I'm talking about round the clock yellow. Are y'all with me? But he loved that jacket. He loved it. See, I get it, honest. Are y'all with me? I got suits that my wife has hid from me. I don't know what she did with my black and white wingtips. I don't know what happened to them. That's a hint to whoever in here loves the preacher. Amen. No, I'm just I'm kidding. She'll probably hide them too. Amen. But my dad had this bright, it looked like a big banana. <laughs> but boy, he is proud of that thing. Hey Amen. Is this your Uncle Chuckie, are they in here this morning? Do y'all remember that? And you remember the preacher from uh, 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 Rome, Georgia who come down. And he fell in love with that suit. I mean, loved that jacket. Boy, he just kept bragging about that jacket. But the only problem is, his dad loved it too. You know what he did? Sure did. Took it to the dry cleaners, had it pressed, done, cleaned up. And that following, before he left from camp meeting that, that week, he said, man, I want you to have this suit. I want you to have this jacket. You know why? Because he wanted to honor him. Amen. Right. And he didn't give him the one he don't wear. He gave him the one that was precious to him. Because that bestowed more honor on the one he was giving it to. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Unless it's going to get tight. You remember? Check that seatbelt. It's going to have a rocky ride. Did you bring your yellow jacket this morning? I ain't talking about money. Yet that's part of it. Are we doing our best in that area? Or did you bring your yellow jacket worth of singing this morning? Or did you give a half-hearted effort in your singing, in your praise, in your worship? Or are you just curious how the new music was going to be? Or did you come and give God your best? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me read about Malachi. Malachi, God had an issue with the children of Israel. God had an issue with the children of Israel. And, and, and he, he addressed the issue. How many of y'all know when God has an issue, he's not afraid to address the issue? They were bringing, look what, look what the Bible says. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it. You, just, you can look at it later. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father, a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts. Unto you, O priests, it despise my name. And they asked the question, well, where did we despise you? Well, what's, the, what's the big deal? What have we done? He says, ye offer polluted bread upon my altar. And ye say, where and have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table, is Lord, uh, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Ye offer the blind for sacrifice. Is this not evil? If ye offer the lame and the sick, is not it evil? Offer it now to the governor. See how he likes it. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Ye said also, behold, what a weariness. It's just too much to come to worship. It's too much to give to God. Ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. Ye have brought that which was torn and lame and the sick. Thus ye have brought an offering. Should I accept this at your hand, saith the Lord? What is he saying? The Bible says when you come to bring an offering unto God, you are to bring without spot and without blemish. When we come to God to bring what we have to God, it should be the best we have to offer. But according to this chapter, the Bible says that they were bringing the torn and the lame. They were bringing whatever was left over. They was bringing whatever they had that they did not want, that they could not use. They said, well, I don't have nothing for it. I'll just give that to God. How many of us do the same thing? I have all the time in my schedule. Whatever I have left, I will give it to God. How many people start with God first in their schedule and then schedule everything else around Him? How many of us, when we come to the house of God, we sing with all of our heart? We sing the best that we have. We offer the best in our worship. She gave a gift that was precious. What did you give this morning? See, it all depends on your agenda. See, it starts before you get in here. If when you got up this morning, and please stay with me, stay with me, don't miss this. I know this is convicting because it's been convicting the fire out of me. But if you make up your mind, if you make up your mind when you get in the morning, I'm going to give God my best. I'm going to bring God the best that I have to offer. He has been the best to me. The least I can do is give him the best that I have. It starts with your agenda. How many times do we have to work it up? Work it up, prime it up, pump it up. We come with boogers in our eyes. We come because we done stayed up half the night doing fleshly things, stayed up half the night watching TV, doing all this, and we want to come all groggy high to the house of God this morning and give God whatever's left. Oh, we need to wake up. I don't care if you have to get a double shot of lattes. Say amen. You go and you get you one of them mean beans. buy three of them chase it with a mountain dew. Come in here with your eyes wide open and come saying, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to worship him. He's worthy of my praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe you'll dance before the Lord. Amen. This is real. What are you bringing to him? She brought a gift that was precious. But then she brought this, this is even more important glory that was priceless. Is God getting glory out of your life? Watch what the Bible says. It's so important. Psalms 96, verse 8: Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. First Corinthians 6:20: For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Is God getting glory out of your singing? Is God getting glory out of your prey? Is God getting glory out of your life? What is your agenda this morning? Did you come this morning to get to Jesus? Did you come this morning to be in his presence? I've learned this. Sometimes when I get into Jesus' presence, it don't feel real good. Jesus told the woman at the well, you've had five husbands and the one you're with ain't yours. I imagine that didn't feel too good to her. I imagine when Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, your flesh is willing, or your, 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 your flesh, or your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. You're going to deny me three times before the cock crow." I'm, I imagine that didn't feel too good to Peter. Some of us right now are feeling convicted, and we need to. I did. We need to feel convicted. If we're not right, we need to feel convicted. Because if God just gives us our way and lets us feel good when we leave, and without that conviction, we'll stay doing what we're doing that's not right. But if God drills into our heart that this thing is about Him and not about you, this worship service is about bringing Him glory, bringing Him honor, bringing Him praise, coming before Him with singing, coming before Him with praise, lifting our hands unto Him, lifting our voice unto Him. You want to see a worship service, go to Revelation chapter 3 and 4. Or excuse me, 4 and 5. When we get to heaven, son, they're singing a new song. They're singing loud unto him. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor and power and blessing. And I'm telling you what, there ain't going to be nothing that's going to hold me back. I'm going to sing it with everything i got. And some of y'all going to have to go to worship school when you get to heaven before you can get in the choir. What's your agenda this morning? She had one. I'm going to get to Jesus I don't care what the crowd there is see some of us are afraid to worship because who's going to see us she didn't care who saw her because see they didn't forgive her they didn't change her they didn't save her <laughs> oh we're so we're so Baptist, we're so Baptist it hurts well, we're not supposed to do that Really? It is. I like this part. A lot of times people come to the care room and say, you sure this is a Baptist church? (laughs) I say, it's on the sign. (laughs) But this is a Baptist church that read their Bible. And we found out we're going to heaven. We found out the devil can't do nothing about it. We found out our streets got gold on it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there's gates of pearl. There's walls of jasper. Yeah, we found out all that. Yeah. We found out that we're supposed to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yeah. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Yeah, we got a Bible and we read it. I tell you what, when you read the Bible, it'll mess up your theology. Because some of you, the only theology you got is what you got from Mama. Mm -hmm. I know it. I'm too young to be saying that. But what I'm saying is the truth. I don't care how old I am. If what you got ain't in that book, you need to get what's in that book. Church, say amen. 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 Came to give to him. I want him to get glory out of this service. We got to get past the, the place that they say, oh, what singers. We got to get past the place they say, oh, what preacher, if they do say that. Or, oh, what a sign team. Or, oh, this, or, oh, to what a God. Let me prove it. John the Baptist's disciples came to him. They said, hey, man, there's more following Jesus now than following us. He said, boys, if there's any time you've ever paid attention to me, you need to pay attention right now. He must increase, but I must decrease. Boy, if the world could see less of us and more of him, In our worship. Oh. Amen. Amen. I I like it to decrease. Decrease. Him increase. God, your will. God, your way. God, your purpose. Don't let Him see me, let Him see you. Say this with me, Lord, Lord let, me decrease, let me decrease so you can increase. So you can increase. Lord, Lord, let me decrease, let me decrease so, you can so you can increase. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your mercy today.